everybody, I am Jay Hazelop, lead pastor of the Sanctuary Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're inspired, encouraged, and motivated to draw closer to God by today's message. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary Church. Enjoy the message. Somebody shout amen. God bless you as you're seated. I want you to go to Luke chapter four. Started last week talking from the subject of thought, stranger things. It's really about the power of God, about the Holy Spirit. And I don't think it's coincidental that God laid it on my heart, put it in my heart for us to talk about his presence, his power, the moving of the Holy Spirit. When you think about the book of Acts, I believe that it is the blueprint, it is God's intention for how church should be what he desires for it to be. Here's the way to do it. Church, it starts out being empowered to be his representatives, to be used by him. The book of Acts is filled with signs and wonders and miracles, most incredible manifestations of the glory of God. Luke is the writer of the book of Acts. Luke is also the writer of the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke, Luke wrote the book of Luke and he wrote Acts. We've separated the two, but I think Luke and everything that he documented is a prerequisite for the experience of the book of Acts. A lot of people want to be empowered, but not everyone's willing to be a disciple. Before you can be empowered, you got to submit yourself as a disciple. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John really is the documentation of the life of Christ over three and a half years, even though we see his birth, we see specific mentionings of him, maybe when he was 12, but really Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the essence of the whole, it's all about the life and ministry of Jesus. It's about Jesus going from town to town and village to village. It's about him calling the 12 and then calling the 70 and making disciples. It's about him teaching them how to walk with him. It was about him pouring himself into them. It's about discipleship. Discipleship means I'm going to be a disciplined person. Discipline ultimately leads you to the opportunity of empowerment. When you think about Jesus' life and why he came, Some people think he just came to be our savior. He did. He came to ultimately be the substitute for our sins, to die in our place, to provide eternal life, ultimately desiring that we would spend eternity with him. Why do you think that his ministry, his public ministry, was three and a half years? Because if all he wanted to do was save us, why didn't he come and just wait 
for that moment to be crucified. Because the only thing he needed to do to provide salvation was to shed his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. His blood is all that will ever be needed and that was, was ever needed to provide salvation. So if that was all he was attempting to do, why live a life that he lived for three and a half years that he allowed to be documented? I think the reason that we see his life played out over three and a half years of public ministry is because he was exemplifying being the example of how we could live. He was calling people disciples, people just like, just like me and you. He was calling us to himself and he was, and he was pouring into them and showing them, here's what life could be like. I think if you see where Jesus did it, if how he lived it, I think he lived it and did it as an example of how he desires to empower us to live, how he desires to empower us to do certain things. Say say this with me. Say, if he did it, I can do it. So if you read or see where Jesus did it, I believe that he's also saying, if I did it, you can do it. I'm gonna give you the ability to do it. I'm gonna empower you to do it. So he went around from town to town and village to village working miracles. You see him healing people that were blind, people that had shriveled up, withered arms, instantaneously growing out. Then he calls his disciples, the 12 and then the 70. Basically he says the same things. And he says it to us as well. He says, look, I want you to go preach the kingdom of heaven as it had. I want you to tell people to repent. The kingdom is at hand. Here's how they enter the kingdom. Repent and enter. Repenting always will lead you to the kingdom. Repent, enter the kingdom of heaven, and then these signs are gonna follow you who believe. These are things you're gonna do in my name. You're actually gonna lay hands on the sick and they're gonna recover. So I'm, I think you know, being smart and using common sense is is good all the time, not just some of the times. You know, I think, you know, not coughing in your hand and shaking somebody's hand is a smart thing. Whether coronavirus exists or not, you come up at me and I see you coughing your hand, shake your hand, I'm gonna say, I'm not shaking your hand. I'm like, boom, there you go. I, I believe that we should use common sense during this time up until the point where scripture says, here's what you're to do, and it, and it goes above and beyond, or, or actually causes you to do something common sense says, hey, I better not do that. So where we're not gonna run around or tell people to run around and put yourself in harm's way and do things that are foolish, but I am gonna remind you of who you are. We are Christians. Historically, Christians don't run from problems. They don't act like the world as it relates to problems. Christians become part of the solution to a problem. Well, I may not run around shaking everybody's hand right now, 
But when I see somebody sick, when you see somebody sick, that's when we do what the Bible says to do. Jesus said you're to lay hands on the sick. So I may not shake your hand, but if I see that you're sick, I may come and lay my hands on you and say in the authority of Jesus' name, I command this sickness to go and I command it to go out of your body in Jesus' name. Every time Jesus told people to go out, he told them, he said, I want you to, I want you to tell people to repent, enter the kingdom, I want you to heal the sick. And then he told the 70, because the 70 he called to himself, he broke them up in twos and sent them out into every village and every town and every place he himself was about to go. He, in essence, was saying, you're gonna be my representative and they're gonna get a little taste of what's coming. He said, now, when you go, here's what I want you to do. He said, he said, look, he said, I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cleanse the lepers, cast out devils, raise the dead. Freely you've received, freely give. Now, go every place I myself am about to go because when you go in my name doing these signs, wonders, and miracles, it's a little taste of what they're gonna get when I get there. You know, historically, the leprosy, um, there have been moments where there have been massive outbreaks of it. It's an incurable disease. Still to this day, there are some people that have leprosy in the world, but it's an incurable disease. Jesus told people to go heal leprosy. I don't think coronavirus is anywhere near leprosy. But Jesus said, I want you to put yourself in a situation to where you can be used by me to change somebody's condition. If you, had, if you were a leper back in that day, you were required by law. If you were to come around people, if you saw people, you had to immediately lift up your voice and start identifying yourself by your condition. I'm a leper, I'm a leper, I'm a leper. And everybody would know to socially distance themselves from you. Don't get anywhere near them because they have this highly contagious disease that there is no cure for. Social distancing. So here you were, you had a condition that nobody had a remedy for and nobody would get near you. Jesus said, I want you to break through all those boundaries. I want to use you to actually heal people that nobody else will touch. During this season, we're to be people that are like, we're light. We're to bring people hope. We're not to be people that are freaking out on the toilet paper aisle, cussing people out, fighting over toilet paper. We're to be people that point people to Jesus. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our redeemer. Jesus is our deliverer. We're to point people to Jesus. So why did Jesus come and live 30, uh, for, for three and a half years publicly in the eyes of people and allowed it to be documented? I believe he did it so we could see his glory. Bible says in John, it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. We saw his glory. The signs, wonders, and miracles that he did. He became the example of what life could be like and should be like. Jesus, when you see his life being played out when he first stepped onto the scene of public ministry. 
happened when John the Baptist was baptizing people. And here comes Jesus walking up. John the Baptist responds like, he must increase and I must decrease. Step number one, that should be the heart and attitude of everybody. Lord, more of him and less of me. Not what I will, not what I want, but what you want. To get more of him, it requires you humbling yourself to greater levels. As you humble yourself, he will lift you up and you will draw closer to him. John the Baptist comes, uh, sees Jesus coming, walking up, and John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away all the sins of the world. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I'm not even worthy to unloosen his sandals. John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus. Jesus goes under the water, comes up out of the water. When he comes up out of the water, all of a sudden, everyone hears a voice from heaven. God speaks. When you humble yourself to the plan of God, God's voice will become more clear. All of a sudden, God speaks, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He comes up out of the water and then the Holy Spirit begins to ascend on him as a bodily form like a dove. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he begins to be led by the Spirit. Jesus said things like this. He said, I only do what I see my father do. He was giving us an example of how to live life, learning how to live according to what the Father is saying. I think I said this a moment ago. I was watching a lot of the news in the beginning and and it, it actually created a greater war in my soul. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We don't need to be foolish. But I think more importantly, what's God saying? Like, what are you saying right now, God? What do you want to say to me? What do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? What do you want to do through us as a church? Jesus said, I only do the things I see my father do. He desires to raise up Christians that'll surrender to that level. Because too many people are trying to get God to buy into their plan. God, I got this great plan for my life. I want you to bless it rather than saying, Lord, I surrender my life to you and I open up my heart to your plan, your will, your desire, everything that you desire to do. Lesson me more of you. Jesus led by the Holy Spirit. Faced some battles, he was tempted. You know what this season is revealing? It's really revealing what's in people. It's revealing the absence of faith and the prevalence of fear. It's easy, you know, because it, it's easy to say we believe in God when everything is convenient. Now, I've been all around the world. I've been in, I've been in remote villages and third world countries. I've been in areas where diseases were very prevalent. I've been in some of the, some of the worst of the worst environments around the world whether it be diseases or violence. I've been, I've been in all kinds of environments. And I've watched people's behavior. And I'm watching how people behave right now. And I'm wondering what is going on in the world with so many people. Where are they? 
Who are you? Who are you supposed to be? Who are we supposed to be right now? We're supposed to be Christians. We're supposed to be people that are living the life that he came to set as an example. Jesus, you know, led by the spirit, he was tempted. Came out victorious. Then ultimately he walks into the gathering at the temple. He's not anti-gathering in the temple. They gathered in the temple and they gathered in homes. It wasn't one or the other, it was both. And they were empowered, disciple to live life out in the public, to be used by God. So Jesus shows up in the temple, he picked up a scroll that we now call the book of Isaiah and it's also documented in Luke chapter four. Here's what he says, he reads it. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me too. God's anointing is always for a purpose. God is not gonna anoint you just so that you can live out the life that you wanna live out. If you're not willing to live your life according to his plan, his purpose, he's not obligated to anoint you. Jesus standing before the disciples and everybody and he's saying, I've been anointed for this. I've been anointed to preach the gospel. You know the gospel is good news. We need people that know how that, that need to know how to actually hold up hope in this time. The gospel is good news. It's not dread. It's the good news that we've got a God that protects us. We've got a God that provide for, provides for us. We've got a God that delivers. We've got a God that forgives. We've got a God that redeems. We've got a God that will help us. It's the good news. Jesus is good news. Jesus said, I've been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are depressed or oppressed. Maybe that wasn't a slip of the tongue. Maybe the Holy Spirit said, for those that are depressed. Really what Jesus was saying when he walks in there and he opens his up, he says, now boys, listen, I've called you together because I'm training you. This is why I'm anointed. This is why you're gonna be anointed. Watch me because I've called you to the very thing that you're gonna see me do. The way you're gonna watch me live out my life, the things you're gonna see me to do, I've called you to do the same. Now watch me because this, this is fulfilled in your eyes today. Today, you see the manifestation of this. Come on, boys, we're gonna go live this out. We're gonna come walk this out. We're gonna be used to help people. So you have Jesus three and a half years. It's pretty exciting. Could you imagine literally getting to walk with Jesus? And, and you, you, you watch him. He's like, he takes these couple of pieces of fish and some bread and he feeds thousands. Awesome. Like, wow. Did you see Jesus? Like he took that little bit of food and he fed everybody. How awesome is that? Wow, did you see that? He stops a funeral procession and gets a dead boy up out of the casket, brings him to life. Oh my gosh, that was so amazing. Post that on Instagram. I mean, people, you're following Jesus and you watch him do things. He's like, he spits in the dirt, picks up the mud, sticks it on somebody's eyes and their eyes open. Wow. 
This is amazing. People are lame, can't even walk, and Jesus walks up, and literally, strength comes back into their body. It's like, this is absolutely incredible. I'm walking with you anywhere and everywhere you go. If we were walking with Jesus, wouldn't we be like that? Let's get some more of this. This is fun watching you. But maybe his goal was never for you to just watch him. Maybe his ultimate goal was for you to watch him so you could become like him. And so here Jesus is, Jesus three and a half years into this thing and they were pretty excited about this. I mean, they literally watched Jesus pick somebody's ear up when Peter cut it off and supernaturally stick it back into his head. I mean, like this is like, this is better than watching anything Netflix could ever come up with. And then Jesus looks at the disciples three and a half years in and he says to them in John 16, seven, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Advantage? What are you talking about? How in the world is this going to be better? Because this is pretty absolutely incredibly awesome right now. This is like, I don't, I want to keep doing this right here, Jesus. Jesus is like, no, it's to, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus said, I, the same spirit that's in me, I'm going to send to be in you. Now think about this. The Bible said the same spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead lives on the inside of you. Three and a half, I mean, for three days, excuse me, three days, Jesus was in the tomb. After he died on the cross, he's in the tomb. His body is lifeless. Jesus is not dead. Jesus is in the depths of hell. He's conquering death, hell, and the grave. After three days, the Holy Spirit comes into the lifeless body of Jesus and the body of Jesus gets back up out of the grave and he reveals himself to hundreds over a small period of time. It's pretty amazing. Easter's coming up. We're gonna be like, he got up out of the grave. He is alive. He is our savior. The spirit of God did it. But then Jesus says, the same spirit that was in me is in you. Same spirit that you're celebrating that got me out of the grave is the same spirit that's in you. Wait a minute. I believe that the spirit of God can do in Jesus what he did, but I'm challenged now that you're saying the same spirit that did what he did in Jesus is now in me and can do the same type of amazing miracles in me. Jesus said, it's important that I do this You know, the Holy Spirit is more than just power. Holy Spirit is power. Acts 1.8 says, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. I thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank God that we have power to do signs, wonders, and miracles. I thank God that we can go out and say in the authority of Jesus' name. He gives us authority, but he gives us power to back up that authority. We're not just empty people echoing something that has no substance. We can say in the name of Jesus and all of heaven and the Holy Spirit backs up our decrees as we walk in obedience to him. So we have authority and we have power. But the Holy Spirit isn't just power. Actually, the Holy Spirit is a person. 
to me like, like the Holy Spirit says, mystical, magical power that is sent out from heaven that is just there to somehow serve us. But the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit's just as much as God. Is God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ. They're, they're three, but they're one. The Holy Spirit is a person. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, he comes and lives on the inside of you. He abides in you. And I guess you gotta remind some of you because some of you have allowed fear. Some people are have allowed fear to so grip them right now that they have forgotten that he's with us. He'll not leave us if we're not forsake us. He'll be with us all the way to the very ends of the earth. He's for us, he's not against us. He's not up there like, I hope you make it. He's in us. So if he's in us, that means intelligence. Intelligence is in us. He's in us. It's like, God, I don't know what to do. Well, intelligence is in us. Why is in, how do we have intelligence? We have intelligence, a supernatural wisdom that goes beyond experience or beyond education. We have, we have intelligence. We all face situations where we don't know what to do. It's like, God, how do we navigate through this? We've never been here before. We've never experienced this before. What do we, I need some information. I'm sure there are many times in all of our lives where we have found ourselves stuck. We didn't know what to do. And the only reason we were stuck is because we didn't know what to do. Had we known what to do, we wouldn't be stuck. Hopefully for all of us, we prayed. You should really be praying right now. We prayed and God gave us supernatural wisdom. So God somehow brought the information to us that we needed and we applied the wisdom that he gave us. And when we applied the wisdom that he gave us, we got unstuck and we made our way through what we couldn't make our way through. That's why it's so important that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, when this whole thing began, I immediately started praying more in the Holy Spirit because I realized the Holy Spirit prays the perfect will of God. Uh, Romans chapter eight describes that. When we don't know how to pray, there are those moments. When we don't know how to pray, we can pray in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit prays the perfect will of God for the saints. So when we pray in the Holy Spirit, our faith level gets higher and also it empowers us to walk out the will of God. These moments we don't know how to pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. It's like, God, I need to know what to do. How do, how do I navigate through this? In 1 Corinthians chapter two, it, it, in verses nine and 10, it says this. It says, but as it is written, eyes have not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So he said there are these moments where eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered the heart of men the things that God has prepared for them. So I don't, I don't know what to do. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered your heart the things that God has prepared. Prepared. The only thing that stands between where you are and where you need to be is you understanding. 
eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared. God, I really need you to do something right now. He's already done something. Well, God, I just need you to help me. Could you please do something right now? God has already done everything that needs to be done. God doesn't need to do anything for you as it relates to anything pertaining to your future. Notice it said prepared. God has already made a way. God has already provided. So you're having problems facing things, whether it's health or sin or coronavirus, curses, anything that's stopping you from walking in greater levels of freedom or getting through or experiencing a breakthrough. Lord, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things. So between where I am and what I need is me not being able to see or hear or understand. It's not that it's not prepared. I just can't see it. I don't hear it. It's not got it in my heart yet. So I need to understand. I, 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 need, I need wisdom. Because he goes on to say, but God has revealed them. That's revelation. Revelation is not God making something appear that wasn't there. Revelation is simply God showing you what always existed. It's always been there. John on the island of Patmos, we talk about the book of Revelation. He didn't see something that wasn't already there. He got to see something that was always there. He just could never see it there before. Bible says on the Lord's day, he got caught up in the spirit. All of a sudden, he heard a voice saying, come up higher. If there's any one thing I could hear the spirit of God saying right now to Christians, come up higher, come up higher. Lift your thinking to a higher perspective. Began to see me in a way you've never seen me before. All of a sudden he saw a door that was open. Doors are opportunities. They're not guaranteed outcomes. If somebody opens the door for you, if you don't walk through it, you don't get the experience. What comes from walking through it? He saw a door open. He heard a voice saying, come up here. If you could hear God right now, he'd be saying, come up a little higher. Don't allow the report of the world to grip and control and torment you. Come up a little higher and hear my voice. Come on, say it again, Pastor. Come on. And so John the Baptist is caught up into the spirit. The one who lives inside of us with all intelligence. He was caught up into the spirit. All of a sudden he saw the activity of heaven. He saw angels. He saw everything. He saw the worship. John was in a condition that was horrible. He was presently in a horrible condition. God lifted him out of his natural condition and showed him a current reality in heaven that he could not see prior to this moment. His seeking God didn't make the moment happen. His seeking God opened his eyes up to see what was always there. In moments like these, it reveals what's in you. Are you going to run in fear or are you going to run to heaven? Are you going to turn your ear toward heaven and say, God, I want to see your face. Lord, what are you saying to me right now? He saw the worship going on in heaven. He, he didn't see God freaking out. 
God wasn't stressed out because God has already got the outcome prepared. It's already done. Everything that needs to be done is already done. I know people are running everywhere. I need a word. I need somebody to tell me what to do. When's the last time you just got quiet before God and said, Lord, speak to me? Lord, I need your wisdom. Because he goes on to say right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that he has revealed them to us through his spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will literally tell you exactly the truth that Jesus possesses. Right now we need people that know how to open up their Bibles and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to them through the filter of the scripture. Say, I'm gonna walk in this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna obey this. I'm gonna walk in response and in obedience to the word and to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit reveals them to us. Holy Spirit knows everything that you need to know. There's not one thing that you need to know that he doesn't know. He knows everything. So rather than running around, so many people are getting their information from Instagram. I mean, I'm sure that holds a lot of cloud in heaven. It's like the Lord said, consult social media and I shall speaketh unto thee. It's time for people to open the scriptures and open their hearts I don't know why I've prayed this, but it's just something that I started praying ever since I became a Christian. Like from the very early days, I don't know, maybe two days in, I just, it was just, I started praying this. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit today. God, I'm asking that you'd fill me up that all the fruit of the Spirit would just mightily abound in my life. Lord, I pray that I'd be so full of your Spirit that you could flow through me. Lord, and I'm asking that you would guide me and give me wisdom. I pray that I would be sensitive to your direction. I realize that you're a person and you live on the inside of me. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would guide every step that I take. I pray that you would use me for your glory. One place in the book of Acts, the apostle Paul said, I came to you by revelation. It's like Paul came and he was ministering to these group of people. And he's like, I'm here because I had revelation. What is he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, come over here. And now I'm here. And the reason the Holy Spirit spoke to him because he was surrendered to the plan of God, the will of God. When he got there, he was able to be used by God to do signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm here by revelation. It's not that God hadn't already prepared it. It was just I couldn't see it. And I got to this moment where the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and I saw the need to go there. You know, there's been moments in my life where the Holy Spirit said, don't do that. But I didn't realize the Holy Spirit was saying, don't do it. But I've learned now, sometimes experience is a great teacher. You get, you get a good enough spanking, you're never going to forget it. And I remember one time I made a decision to do something that I saw, thought was right because it seemed right. Because sometimes something can seem, oh, this has got to be God. So have you ever found yourself trying to make what seems to be God, like in trying to convince God this is you? God, you're going to really like your plan. I'm trying to get you to buy in on it. I think it's your plan. Do you think it's your plan? If you don't think it's your plan, I want to convince you that it's your plan. Because I thought it was a really good plan. 
Then after I made the decision, there was still plenty of window, enough window to actually back out. But I proceeded forward. And I went three days, three days. like, and, and believe me, I am a person that can typically sleep. Like if there's a problem and it's bedtime, I'm going to go to bed. And if it's still there tomorrow, we'll deal with it. Earthquake comes while I'm asleep. I'll see you in the morning. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of person. But I couldn't sleep for three days. It was a, I had the absence of peace. And it's because God was saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I, and I made the decision to go through it. And it was the worst decision. It, it brought nothing but hell and torment and problems and issues. I mean, it literally, it was like I had, I had Jonah on my boat. And I had brought a storm and I'm about to throw somebody over because you've taken us all down because I let you in my boat. And rather than me going down, you going out. And I remember, I, I said, what do you do? I humbled myself. I repented. God, forgive me. I'm sorry. You were trying to tell me not to do this. I can see that now. And I, and I went ahead with it. And I'm asking you to help me to clean up this mess. And God helped me to clean up the mess. But it was a mess that had to be cleaned up. Because had I listened to God... When he was saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, I would have saved myself and other people connected to me a lot of suffering. But on the other hand, there have been moments where God has said, here's what you are to do. And I responded to that. I did what he told me to do. And when I did what he told me to do, I was successful at what he told me to do. I reaped the blessing it's never about me. Come on. I mean, sure, there's some things that are about us, but the reality is we got to come up higher than it's all about us. I'm living for me. I want my life. Oh, I'm afraid. It's not going to, you know, you just care about you. As Christians, we care about the world. We care about our community. We care about the people that are around us. I care about the people that are gripped with fear right now. I, I don't want to like be some religious strong arm, you know, condemning them. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Bunch of cowards. I don't want it to be that guy. But I do want to be a guy that's filled with compassion and love and saying, look, fear, fear is getting the best of you. And I want to help you to draw a little bit of courage from God so that you can be actually part of the solution to this problem. I want to remind you of who God is and I want to remind you of who you are to Him. And in this time, the Holy Spirit will lead us. Jesus would never say, go pray for a leper. Hope you make it. It's going to be fun to watch. It's easy to say, oh, we believe the Bible. some of the third world countries I've been in. Flying in an airplane to go preach somewhere and the church you're going to preach in has a bomb blow up in it before you get there. Are you still going to preach in the city while you're there? They already blew up one church that you're about to preach in. Are you going to get scared? Are you going to hide? Are you going to get on the plane go back home? Are you going to keep preaching the gospel? What are you going to do? When you go into an area where there's an outbreak of malaria, 
and you didn't get any shots. You got to build a tent around your life and walk around in a screen. Or you're like, okay, this is not caught God off guard. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to put a bunch of off on. And I'm going to preach the gospel in Jesus' name. is by mistake look how easy it is to control the whole world and the death rate as it relates to this thing doesn't even compare to influenza and then when we really discover how many people had this thing that that percentage is going to drastically shrink even smaller now listen I believe that people who are vulnerable just the same way with influenza if you have underlying health issues you don't need you don't need to put yourself in compromising situations but we're people that believe the word of God we are going to walk in the authority of scripture we're going to be used by God I would encourage you during this time look to Jesus Encourage people to look to Jesus. For every every minute you spend watching the news, back it up with 10 minutes reading the scripture. Feed your faith, not your fear. I want you to stand up. I want to pray for you. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. There are people in this room, you've never given your life to Jesus. I want to help you to do that. If, if you were to die today, God forbid, are you really ready to stand before him? I want to help you. I want to help you to receive eternal life. I want to help you to receive the love of God. I want to help you to receive the forgiveness of God. Maybe you're here and you've drifted away. And this whole thing is kind of like a wake-up call to you. Like, wait a minute. I'm not as serious about my walk with Jesus as I should be. And today I want to, I want to get where I need to be. I want to commit to where I need to be. I want to help you. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. You're not saved. You're not where you're supposed to be. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Don't delay. Even those that are watching, when I give this invitation, you go on the chat board and you lift your hand and say, I'm lifting my hand, saying, yes, I need Jesus as well. On the count of three, lift up your hand. One, two, three. Raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. You need to be right with God. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Put your hands down. We're going to pray together, and I want you to pray with me. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I give you everything. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, man.